It is a great day for talk radio. It's such a darn good day. A lot of people have quit early. <laughs> I see the parking lot is pretty much empty. You know, even the guys working around my home, I've been talking about this the last little while, doing some uh, demolition and construction and what have you. Uh, they knocked off around 1045. <laughs> so, and you know, uh, the trades guy, he's got a young fellow with him. I don't know if it's an apprentice or he's part of that summer jobs program. I was going to ask him, did you get government money for that? Did you have to tick in the box, the attestation to say, you know, uh, you favorite all kinds of reproductive rights and things like but the guy who left early I, I didn't have a chance to confront him anyway conrad black is going to speak to that more in just a moment i did want to talk about the guys who are doing the work because they're doing wonderful stuff uh even though you know he had to leave i think it's because the plumber didn't show and he would had everything set up for him coordinating the trades and uh the guys back on monday it's the guys from 310 Reno. They do wonderful work. I can see it right off the hop here because they're very meticulous when it comes to uh, cleaning up after the fact, setting up, making sure everything's safeguarded in the house. Very, very fastidious. I like that. It speaks to their professionalism. And I know their work in the past also uh, speaks to quality workmanship, and uh, they really care about the project. You obviously do as a homeowner, and so uh, you want to go with one of the best, not always the cheapest, but the guys at 310 Reno, you want to contact and at least get a quote and a sense for what your project might entail. Charles or Mike at 310 Reno, you just dial 310 Reno and speak with Charles or Mike. That's 310-7366, no area code required. 433, I did mention Conrad Black every Friday. We look forward to uh, speaking with Mr. Black, the noted author, commentator, and historian. Conrad, how are you this afternoon? Well, I'm not sure, uh, John, if I'm able to answer that question, because it may be contrary to the government requirements about uh, over-the-air waves making any utterance that doesn't include enthusiasm about abortion. (laughs) Well, and you know, it's interesting because I think there's a larger thing at play here. Correct me if I'm wrong. You know, you follow the news, as do I, and you see Justin Trudeau was in town today and yesterday, and uh, he was kind of lecturing Doug Ford about our international obligations under the United Nations Human Rights Convention and all the rest on refugees. And then today with John Tory saying, don't worry, I've got your back, almost in an attempt to uh, embarrass Doug Ford. I got it. Are you maybe getting a little tired? Look, we can even add in this whole groping fiasco that he's had to explain. There's a certain sanctimonious, uh, sanctimoniousness about the guy, isn't there? Yeah, look, I have to say, I think Justin's a nice guy. I've always thought, I've known him since he was a kid, because I knew his father, and, and I know his mother, and he, he is, to meet him, like most politicians, only more than most, really a genuinely nice person, I think. I mean, you know, he likes people, and, and, and they tend to like him. Nothing wrong with that, and, and one would hope for that in a politician. But... Um, uh, on the groping thing, I, I can't get excited about that. I mean, uh, you know, let, let's get serious, John. I, an awful lot of people, possibly including at least one of the two engaged in this conversation, has got perilously close to groping in complete innocence <laughs> and not necessarily without the full complicity and and consent of the person we were groping, who was, of course, of the opposite uh, gender, but that, but that, even that doesn't matter anymore. All right, but who's been telling tales about me then, Conrad? <laughs> <laughs> I, I witnessed you at the swearing in <laughs> of the new government. I have, I have eyes of my own, John. No, but the, I mean, to get serious here, though, I, look, I, I don't want to 
uh, uh, rake Justin over the coals as a personality. I think his personality is a great asset, and up to a point, it's an asset for the country. But uh, I, I, you know, John Tory was put in as mayor by what amounted to a liberal conservative coalition, and he ran only sixty thousand votes ahead of Doug Ford. Uh, who was running as the Ford Party, and he ran 120,000 votes ahead of Olivia Chow uh, as the New Democrat in the last mayoral election four years ago, nearly a million votes cast in that election. And um, uh, so it, it's, it's natural that John would fall in with Justin, and his his financial interest would probably be uh, more heavily influenced by Ottawa than by Queen's Park. And, and, and the two are closer on the, on the policy scale, too. But the fact is, if, if those two or anyone else think they're going to bully Doug, they're smoking something. And on the issue that, as I understand it, gave rise to the, this uh, back and forth that's gone on, the matter of the carbon tax and captain trade, the premier is right. And, and if, they, if they push him too far, he's going to do what Mr. DuPlessis did in the, in the mid-50s, on, on concurrent taxes. I mean, under the old British North America Act, but carried forward to the Constitution Act we have now, uh, the federal and provincial governments have equal rights to impose and collect direct taxes. And at that point in the mid-50s, the provinces weren't collecting any such taxes. And DuPlessis said, it was an accommodation made during the war, you see. And DuPlessis said, look, I'm tired of this. We're going to impose a Quebec provincial income tax, as we have a perfect right to do. And if the government of Canada doesn't give Quebec taxpayers credit for it against the federal tax, we will let the the voters of Quebec decide who's on, got the right side of this issue. So you think constitutionally, uh, Doug Ford, Ontario, are on solid footing? I, I think he has an arguable case, but frankly, more to the point... I think he has an unbeatable political case, and these guys had better be careful. By the way, Doug Ford, when he said yesterday, we're not paying, this is a mess that you created with the refugee influx here in Toronto, overwhelming the shelter system, you also think he's on the right side of things? I think technically he is, but there you get such a a potentially sharp spike upwards at the, at the human level of just the, you know the the sorrowful condition that some of these people could get into if they're if they become ping pong balls between local governments uh, and local being in Canada uh, the it could be a public relations disaster you've got to watch it I mean look at this foolishness that went on in the US for about a week over 2,300 children who entered the country illegally were abandoned by their parents and uh, live as if they're living in a McDonald's store, eating and much better sheltered than they were before they fled where they came from. But it was turned into, into, into virtually Donald Trump pulling the fingernails and the hair off children before he hung them upside down and tormented them with spears. I mean, you know, you've just got to watch that kind of stuff in public relations. Terms. Well, what it's led to, though, is a lot of uh, groups in Canada, activist groups, uh, uh, and then you've also got politicians who are saying, well, this idea of a safe third country agreement where refugee claimants from the states are already in a safe country, they're in uh, the United States, we should rescind that because they're no longer safe in the states. That's a, a whole new movement or narrative taking shape. Yeah, well, that's, that's just... Uh, I mean, we all are generally aware of the limitations uh, and and uh, various irksome aspects of the United States. It's a magnificent country that operates on a scale such as the world has never seen, and it mesmerizes all of us at times, but it does have its weak points. But what you just said 
is is a leaping up like a cobra's head of that ghastly Canadian pomposity that thinks that we have some national vocation to scold the Americans on their moral infirmities. I mean, I think the whole idea is nonsense. With Conrad Black. Conrad, then I've got to ask you, because next week there's a NATO summit in Latvia, and Justin Trudeau, uh, I guess, uh, he may be taken to the woodshed by Donald Trump again. Trump is saying, look, Canada's not pulling its weight. You're paying less than 2% GDP. Uh, You're at 1.2%. Bring your A game or get out of Dodge. What do you think is going to happen there? I think that's exactly what's going to happen. And and everybody knows that Canada is a slacker, and most of NATO are slackers. I mean, Greece is over two percent only because their economies collapsed so far that that what they were doing on defense, which was less than two percent, became more. But never mind, they're over the line. Britain has been fine. Poland has been fine. Some of the countries close to the old Soviet Union, terrorized by the Russians, such as Estonia, Lithuania, Latvia, Poland. They're fine. They're pulling their weight. But but we aren't. And, and, you know, I think that ever since Mr. Roosevelt said at Queen's University in 1938, if anyone attacks Canada, the United States will not. And this, was, this was the origin of this phrase, often used now, stand idly by. And, uh, and you know, Mr. King, to be fair, did his best to make sure Canada did pull its weight, and it did in the war, before the war, and in NATO for a long time. But, uh, but uh, no, Trump's right. I mean, they were just coasting. We assume if there's any threat to us, it will, for reasons of proximity, be a threat also to the United States and mobilize the entire military force of America to stop it. And, and uh, the United States has more military power than all other countries in the world combined. So what are we worried about? That's true, but that's not how an alliance works. We've got to pull our weight, and I think it's a, a thing that all Canadians should be ashamed of, that we are, especially since we have such a distinguished military history. All right. It's going to be interesting to see how uh, Justin Trudeau responds to uh, what seems to be the inevitable, as you say. Conrad, it's always a pleasure. Wish you the best weekend, and uh, we'll talk again next week. Right you are, John. All the best to you and your listeners. Thank you, Conrad Black, author, commentator, and historian.